patterns, permutations, time, rhythm, coordination, meter, concentration, tempo, modulation, groove. Welcome to the Drum Mantra Podcast. This is Rich Stitzel, and it's time to go deeper with your practice. Hey everybody, Rich here. Welcome back to the Drum Mantra Podcast, episode 19. I'm super excited to share this episode with you today because I am going to play you a phone conversation I had with drum master Ari Honig. Ari is one of the most rhythmically advanced drummers on the planet, and if you don't know who he is, you need to check him out because he will blow your mind. It is insane what he has been able to develop coordination-wise, Uh, The depth of his understanding of polyrhythms is crazy, and he does it in a very musical way, and he will talk about that uh, coming up on this phone call. Before we get started, I want to give a shout out to all the companies that I'm associated with. These drum companies make amazing instruments, and they are very cool people to work with. I really appreciate all their support. And I, I urge you to check out all of the instruments from these companies. First of all, the ANF Drum Company from Austin, Texas. They are making handmade raw brass uh, drums. I love them. They are works of art, and they also sound amazing. Rami Antoon is the president and designer for all of this stuff, and his vision is ridiculous. They are one of the most popular companies in the world and with good reason. My favorite drums that I'm using right now are the 35 by 15 raw brass snare drum with European walnut hoops. I also love the 3x13 Rude Boy snare and the 1.75 inch by 14 inch pancake snare. It sounds like a floor tom. It sounds like a floppy, crazy snare drum. It's awesome. So definitely check them out. Secondly, the Craviato Drum Company out of California, handmade single-ply steam-bent shells. Johnny Craviato was the Ferrari of drum makers, and although he is no longer with us, his team of builders are still carrying on the tradition in exactly the way that Johnny did. They are beautiful drums, they sound amazing, and I love uh, all the people that work at the company. Craviato Drum Company. Uh, Evans Drumheads. I've been with Evans since 1994. They have an amazing assortment of heads, and I use a lot of different heads depending on the situation, whether it's live or in the studio. Uh, I go between G1 Coateds, uh, G2 Clears, and G2 Coateds. The calf tone head for a nice vintage sound, and I'm also really loving the UV heads for snare drums. Uh, Evans is an awesome company. They're always innovating, and I highly recommend it. checking them out. Vic Firth Sticks. I've been with Vic Firth for about 10 years now. Uh, the stick I'm using mainly is the X55A. I also love the X5A and the X5B. The 55A is right between the 5A and 5B, and I, you know, I go back and forth depending on my energy and my mood, and the sound of the room really determines a lot about what stick I'm going to use. I also use the 5A barrel for a kind of a funkier, more articulate, um, uh, kind of a thinner, more rim shoddy sound from the drums. 
And of course, the Heritage brush. I use them all the time. I love the Heritage brush. It's the purple one. It's the purple brush. And also the T1 Timpani mounts. Use them all the time. Love Vic Firth. Enough said about them. Check them out. Uh, the Polynome app. This is a new one for me. Uh, I just signed on with the Polynome app a couple months ago. Joe Crabtree is the inventor of the app. It is uh, the metronome on steroids, if ever there was one. You can do any polyrhythm that you can dream up. 11 with 17, 7 with 18. Really crazy stuff. I guess that would be 7 with 9. That's not too crazy. Uh, let's think of a hard one. Uh, um, I don't know, 13 with 19. That's a weird one. <laughs> Things you're never going to use, but you can actually hear them. Um, it also allows you to program sounds, program rhythms, uh, do presets for playlists. You can also program entire drum beats in there. You can save things to folders and share them with other users of the app. It's awesome. The Polynome app. Um, Moravian Percussion and the Box Kit Cajon. Josh Trask is a is a woodworker and hand makes these amazing instruments that are similar to the Cajon, but they are uh, a little more advanced. They have multiple areas where you can get multiple uh, pitches from the different areas. You can also turn snares on and off on the side of the drum, on the top of the drum. They are super versatile. They're beautiful instruments, and they sound amazing. The box kit, Cajon. And finally, last but not least, the Sabian Cymbal Company. I love these cymbals. I've been playing them most of my life. Um, I'm digging the Big and Ugly series. I'm doing the Apollos and the Kings, and they are great. I love the 24-inch uh, rides on both of those. The Artisan series is awesome. I'm, I'm loving my 17-inch hi-hats. And, uh, of course, all the effects cymbals. I love this new Trash Crash. Um, they have a ton of great things, and you should check them out. Sabian cymbals. A little bit about Ari real quick is I'm on his website right now. I'll just read a little bit from his website. He's from Philadelphia. He went to the University of North Texas, and I was actually one of his... Uh, classmates. There were 200 drummers at school, and uh, my practice room was right across the hall from his, and I kind of, I got to observe how he developed as a player, and although there is a, a, a legend about him that, that I just found out is actually not quite true, um, it's the spirit of the idea of the legend is true. Uh, that legend is that he would record himself playing and then walk around listening to himself, and then go back to the practice room and fix anything that he didn't like. And uh, he'll you'll hear from him as well. But the the truth of the matter was he was constantly listening and trying to work through certain rhythmic and polymetric and polyrhythmic ideas while listening to music. So he would be thinking about uh, rhythmic structure around melodic content while walking around with headphones on. And we're talking about the early 90s, so the, the most advanced technology back then was the Sony Walkman. There were no iPhones or video cameras or anything like that. So pretty old school. You have to be very dedicated to uh, use, that, use that kind of technology to better yourself. But it proved very, uh, very successful for Ari. He quickly rose through the uh, system at North Texas from... 
I believe the nine o'clock and then to the five o'clock and then to the one o'clock. Um, I recall one of the uh, performances, early performances I saw of him at school. So we'll talk about that a little bit. After school, he went to uh, New York and he started playing with the Jean-Michel Pilk trio, which completely changed the way that everyone thought about music. It was a very groundbreaking uh, instrumental trio that he played in, and they were very much stretching the boundaries of what was possible. Uh, he also played with the Kenny Warner trio. He still does. Chris Potter's group, Kurt Rosenwinkel's group, Joshua Redman. Uh, he also plays with Wayne Krantz. He was the drummer kind of when Keith Carlock kind of started to be on the road more. I think I think Keith was out with Sting maybe at that time, but he, you know, Keith was doing Steely Dan and Sting around the time I think that Ari kind of took his place with Wayne Krantz as the main sub in that band. He did a record with Richard Bona. He's played with Pat Martino. I mean, he's super heavy, super, super heavy. Complete artist and a complete master of the instrument. Ari is endorsed by Yamaha Drums, Bosphorus Cymbals, Vader Drumsticks, and Evans Drumheads. I'm very excited to share this phone conversation. The reason this whole thing came up, or the way that this whole thing came up, is he posted a video on Instagram and said, anyone that can transcribe these four bars, whoever transcribes these four bars first will get two free passes to one of his shows on the West Coast. Obviously, I don't live on the West Coast. I'm in Chicago, but I still wanted to uh, give the transcription a shot. I love the idea that we have, we have so much access to so many amazing things on social media. And I encourage you all to slow down a little bit on something that you are inspired or moved by and actually take the time to learn it and dig in deeper instead of just scrolling and checking something out and scrolling and checking something out. Really, really spend the time. So I downloaded uh, this piece of audio from Ari and started the transcription process. And I spent about 90 minutes or two hours on these four measures, just really listening and, and uh, trying to get it. And when I finally thought I had it, I sent it to him on Facebook. And he said, everything looks pretty close. There's just a few little things missing. And I, and I wrote back and said, well, can you tell me what's missing? I would love to talk about the process that I just went through on my next podcast. And he says, I'll tell you what you were missing when we do the podcast. And I'm like, whoa, okay. It looks like I'm about to do a podcast interview with Ari Honig. Very cool. So I'm super pumped about this. We had a great talk, and I can't wait to share it with you. I'm going to play the piece that he posted so you can get a sense of what it was that uh, I transcribed and a lot of people transcribed it uh, there's a lot there are a lot of heavy drummers out there and people that are very uh, capable of doing transcriptions at this level so I want you to enjoy this really give it a listen and if you really want to go deeper I encourage you to try to transcribe it yourself oh real quick he will play four bars of time and then the pattern begins, and it's a four-measure-long pattern, and I believe it repeats four times. Here's the piece.
Hi, man. Hey. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. Where are you? I'm in North Carolina. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to be on the West Coast. Is that happening soon? Uh, I, I will be uh, uh, on Saturday. I'm leaving on Saturday to go to the West Coast. Okay, cool. Awesome. I'm drinking a cup of coffee and walking to my studio. It's cold where I am. Uh, where are you at, Rich? I'm in Chicago. You're in Chicago. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's about 37 degrees right now. <laughs> And of course, my fam my family's still in Texas, so I talked to them there in Fort Worth. And, you know, it's eighty five degrees, and they're sitting by the pool barbecuing. And Ew! I'm like, yeah. not here. <laughs> it's yeah. cold. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's kind of funny how this whole thing happened. I mean, I just happened to be kind of perusing Instagram, and you uh, you posted that video saying anyone that can transcribe this can get free tickets to one of my shows on the West Coast. I'm like, yeah, this is great. So I I checked it out and and spent I don't know probably a good solid ninety minutes going through a four just I think you played that that pattern like four times through it was like a four bar phrase so I just found have, four have measures you, of it. Have you seen some some other of those quizzes that I've put up before? I have not. Oh really? I put up probably about uh, about uh, maybe a total of four or five uh, on the on Facebook there on that. Oh cool. Or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that page I put up a bunch of quizzes. Um. I don't do it that often, but I, I'll, you know, every few months. It, it was great, man. I mean, the 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 process that I had to go through to start to figure it out. I mean, I want to know the the depth of where you're coming from with it. But um, my the the way I kind of came you out. Me, you sent me at some point. You sent me um the transcription you did right. And how did you send it? Do you? Because I want to get it again from you. Did you send it by email or? It was a PDF that I sent uh, on Facebook Messenger. Oh, okay. Uh, let me see if I can find it because I can go over it with you. Oh, here we go. Okay. Yeah, I can just go down and and uh, and tell you what I you know what I wrote out and just how it different how it differs from yours. Yeah, I'd love to know. Okay, this is Rich. Real quick, jumping into the conversation. I'm going to play you a programmed version of the transcription that I did, and then we will work through the differences, and I will tweak it as we go. You will hear two measures of time, and then you will hear the phrase once. Here we go. First bar is totally right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, so I think there's, um, on the second bar, I think there's like a ghosted snare on the beat after beat two that's on the snare. It's non-accented. Unaccented note on the E. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you got that so far? Yeah. Okay, so now I'm going to play you a programmed version of two measures of the transcription that I did. And then I will play two measures of the transcription with the fixed 16th note on the E of two. Here it is. And now here it is with the added unaccented note on the E of two. You will hear two repetitions.
Okay. And then that's it for that bar. Um, and then the third bar, um, this beat two is exactly the same as beat one. So, so just not that second note on the snare. The it's the sixteenth note after the fourth sextuplet of beat two. So the beat two of bar three is the same as beat one of measure one or measure three. So, um, you know what it is on beat two of the third bar, the second triplet there on the snare. It's not on the second triplet. It's on it's one sixteenth note triplet after that. So one sextuplet after beat two. The same place so that it is on the first beat. Okay, gotcha. And then that 16th note on the on beat three on the third partial of beat two is still correct? I think so. So just move that second snare hit over one sixteenth note. That, that, that yeah, that's, that's what it yeah. is. Okay, so here is measure three. We're going to hear the original transcription that I did first for two measures, and then you will hear two measures of the beat two moved over by one sixteenth note and that's an unaccented snare drum hit here it is okay and now here is the fix with beat two being moved over by one sixteenth note and then on the fourth bar the uh there's there's another snare a ghosted snare on the second sextuplet of beat two the second partial yeah of the second sextuplet of beat two that to the that oh yeah. that's not good so smoke alarm you want to call uh, me back Rich, um you're gonna have to hang on then yeah you still there yeah yeah Okay. That's weird. So, um... Oh, hey, man. <laughs> You've got a smoke second. alarm going off. and I, Hang on one second. I've got a, I've got a guy coming to pick up some microphones real quick. Oh, okay. He's here. I mean, uh, <laughs> let me run these out to him real quick. Hey, man. There you go. See you later. Okay. I'm back. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. So, okay, so beat two of bar four. Yeah. There's an added snare drum after the second... Partial, um, the middle note no, of the triplet, right? The partial. It's it's uh after it's on beat two, but it's yep. it's the second sextuplet of beat two. Oh, second sextuplet. Uh, okay, yeah, gotcha. Right after, right after one, yeah. Right, and that's non-accented, right? That note. Correct. Okay. Okay, so here we go. We're going to hear the original transcription two times through, and then we're going to hear the uh, fixed transcription two times through where we're going to add a 16th note partial to the E of beat two. And remember, we're talking about 16th note triplets here. So it's the the second of the 16th note triplets on beat two is the fix. Here are the first two bars. And here it is with the added 16th note on the E of beat two. And then after that, I, what you what you wrote was is a little weird. I don't, I don't know what what I I mean. It, I think it's I think it's right, but the last couple beats. It's kind of like a nine. Uh, yeah, no, it's like a nine inside of two. Not, it's not a nine. It, they're just offbeat sextuplets. That's all they are. Oh, okay. Yeah. The 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 loop. I I grabbed. Like I said, you played it four times, I think, in a row, and I kind of looped your third time because I felt like that one was kind of the when it settled so that one felt a little bit triplety to me but okay cool it's just every other sex couplet right starting on the eu too gotcha cool man yeah exactly okay once again we will play the original transcription and then we will play the fixed version here are the first two bars of the original transcription <laughs> 
And now here are the two bars with the fixed uh, syncopated sextuplets instead of uh, nines over two. It'll be uh, the syncopated sextuplet snare drum fix. Here it is. And now here is the complete phrase in its correct form with two measures of time up front. So the way that I decide to attack this, and then I'll let you kind of explain the way that you, you created it, is um, obviously, you know, looking for the smallest subdivision, looking for the knowns. So the, one of the knowns was the ride pattern, right. completely consistent. The uh, hi-hat pattern was completely consistent. So then trying to find the smallest subdivision, which is the sextuplet. Right. And then and then just uh, the way that I attacked it is, is first kind of filling in the gaps of your bass drum because um, those were all the same volume level instead of dealing with snare drums that are accented and unaccented. So I kind of filled in that part next and then listened for the accented snare drum parts, filled those in, and then just tediously listened over and over for when those uh, ghost notes were coming in on the snare drum. Yeah. So that was my process of, of doing it. But as I was transcribing it, I know that you have a whole system of coordination that you have created with the polymetric kind of structures underneath it. So you're playing, I mean, this is a very simple example of of what you are capable of, (laughs) for sure. But um, oh, that's simple. <laughs> are you thinking melodically with this? I mean, is this a? Is this? I'm kind of. I sort of see a pattern. It feels like it, the bass drum sort of. The third bar sounds like an upside down version of some of the other stuff. Is there a melodic pattern that you invented? Yeah, for this, I mean, or there's, there's, well, there's the general. If you take if you take out all the ghost notes, so basically, like the beat is uh is a pattern that um that somebody wrote, Gell wrote as a part of a song of a project that I play with him. It's a duo, it's Electronica project, it's a duo. Right. So he uh-huh. basically wrote the, the stuff without the embellishment. Um, and what that, what that pattern is, it's, it's actually a, 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 it's a, it's a, um, it's a cycle of 17, um, that goes over the bar line. So, um, that's what, that's what that is. Um, and that just has to do with like where the, for example, the it start. You could say that it, it would start on second. Yeah, I see it. I see it. Yeah, second beat. partial beat bar two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then ah. Yeah, that 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 ends up being a seventeen, um, seventeen triplets, not sex sublets. Yes, right. And I, I see it. And then it starts again on beat four of bar three, right? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Three, three, four. Three, four. That's what it is. Three, three, four, three, four. Three, three, four, three. One, two, three, four, four. So it starts on the the third partial of beat three is when it starts over again. Right? Well, you can you can hear it starting wherever, but if, if in the easier easiest way to to hear it to to see it how it lines up visually is the first accented snare note of beat one. I mean, I hear it starting on one. I'm not thinking about it as, as a 17. I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking of it. I mean, the way I think of it is like the accent pattern goes starts on the second on the second triplet, and then it, I play it three times, and then it keeps going back. So it goes back one to the third triplet. I play two times. Then it goes back again, and I play it three times. 
and it goes back to the again uh-huh. two times. The middle notes, yeah, and then the third note. Right, right, yeah. Does that gotcha. make sense? Yeah. Yep, I totally see it. Yeah. That's how I thought about it, but I don't know if that's how he's thought about it. So he wrote a pattern in 17. Was he thinking triplets? I mean, did you know that at the time, or, or did you oh, yeah. superimpose that? Okay, so that was the subdivision oh, in yeah, his mind as well. Because when you take the ride pattern out, it, there's definitely some backbeat feeling. It feels like it could be in a weird duple kind of meter thing. Okay, so he presented you with some kind of outline. Yeah, I mean, it was it's really more than an outline. I mean, it was really just the beat without the embellishments. It was just the it was the it was beat. a beat. It wasn't a, it wasn't a melody or anything. It was a beat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a song, you know, written, and and, okay. and he put a drum beat to it, and that was that was it. Ah, and it did not have this this like the swing ride pattern. It did. You, yeah, that's oh, it did. Okay, we do actually really. I mean, not all of them, but a lot of them have that. Okay, so he created this, and then you you just adapted it to your own kit. Um, the no. thing that I did that I feel it was special is that I added all the sextuplets that are going in between right. the beat. So, yeah. like the the beat itself, like we like if you hear that that group, like a, a lot of the stuff is kind of like that. It's 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 you know just triplet oriented, and there's a lot of second triplets in there. It's almost like African, but it's electronic. Yeah, I was gonna say very twelve eighty. Yeah, twelve eighty. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, exactly. So I'm going to take the ghost notes out real quick so you can hear what this pattern sounds like without the extra uh, sextuplet unaccented snare drum notes. Here's that pattern. So what I what I did is, you know, at some point I started realizing, like, I can put in these, you know, these sextuplets and make it sound essentially kind of faster than it is, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah. That, to me, that's the, that's the, you know, the interesting, the really interesting thing about that and about, you know, what we're doing is that aspect of it. Um, right, because it almost kind of implies a little bit of a drum and bass vibe. Yeah, well, it is. It is actually drum. That's what it is. It's drum and bass. And yeah, instead drum and bass of triplet. Yeah. 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 Man, like, great. Jazz feel, you know, behind it all. Right. Okay, just for fun now, I'm going to play the pattern without the ride cymbal or the hi-hat. So all you're going to hear is the bass drum and the snare drum. And you will get the sense of the drum and bass style that we were just talking about. Here is that example. You've written how many books do you have? Four. You have polyrhythms. Yeah, two polyrhythms uh, books with Mel Bay and uh, Systems, which is uh, the drum book um, for coordination, and then um, melodic drumming. Uh, that's a video. That's a video. Okay. And the the one that I you know would recommend to everybody you know that that really is kind of the basis for whatever the way that I do everything and the way that I think is uh, rhythm training. Rhythm um, training. And that, okay. That's the, yeah, that's the, um, so I have uh, videos out on my music masterclass or to me, like the ones that are kind of best, probably the most helpful to people in terms of like what I do. Um, right. And uh, those are rhythm training. And then there's some other things there as well, but uh, the, the stuff about rhythm, uh, rhythm training, either on time or, um, you know, or or not, but 
uh, that's, you know, those are the ones that, you know, that I feel like can help and everybody kind of understand what I'm doing and how I'm thinking. Right. Okay. So, man, I'm going to, I'm going to take you, I'm going to take this way, way, way back because okay. we were at North Texas together and I don't know how much you remember of those days, but I, I, I remember you, the, the one year that you were in the one o'clock, I was playing percussion in the two with Bill Shoup. Okay. And do you remember those days? Like this was probably I ninety-two, maybe ninety-two. I have some details that I might not have remembered, but that's great. Sure. Yeah, I don't know why, but certain certain details of of, of school stick with me. But most of it is gone. <clears throat> but um, whenever you were playing in a band with Aiden, you were doing a, oh, yeah. a band. You and you and Blair were kind of sharing duties in a in a band with Aiden. I remember. And I remember being at one of your, uh, I remember going to your recital, and it was the recital, it was the very first time that you, you dumped your stick bag out. Do you remember that? Uh, no. It was my recital? You don't remember that? That was a big, that was a big one, man. I mean, you, you were trading eights with somebody, and on one of your eights, you grabbed your stick bag, and you slowly poured all of your sticks out onto the floor. <laughs> Was it, but it wasn't my recital because I, I didn't. I never gave it. It was recital. not your recital. No, you were on oh, the recital. Okay. Yeah, you know it wasn't your recital. Ah, oh, gosh, I don't. I don't. But I remember that. I remember seeing that and thinking this was the. That was like the first time that I kind of. It, it struck me that that you were interested in more than just playing drums. That you had like this interest in creativity. Mm-hmm. And so that that kind of that kind of captured my attention, and then of course the legend as it goes is um, you're, you're probably thinking this is creepy that I'm that I can remember all these things about yeah. you. <laughs> and I, I was actually in my practice room, and then right next to me was Blair, and right across from us was you. And I'm trying to, I can't remember who else there was on that little hallway in that one building. Was it 90, which, which year was it, 93 or 4? Or? Yeah, it was sometime in that area. That was there for three years, and I'm just trying to remember, like, which which year it would have been. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was, I was in and out. I was playing in that band, Tin Man. I don't know if you remember that group. With, with Carlock, I was playing drums. I was playing percussion. What was the band called again? The band was called Tin Man. Oh, Tin Man, was, yeah. I do remember that. Keith Carlock was playing drums and Andy Timmons was playing guitar. Anyway, yeah. so so I was like in and out of school. I kept leaving and going on the road. But um, anyway, you know, the, the the second part that really struck me was your your growth and development from, I think you were in the 9 o'clock, and then the next right. semester you were in the 1 o'clock. Oh, no, and I it, 5 o'clock in between. 5 Five I know that. Okay, yeah. so so you made this giant jump, like yeah, and so it, it kind of became like, how did you do that? What was that? And you know, I remember we used to always see you. First of all, you had hair down to the middle of your back, <laughs> <laughs> and, and always walking hey, around. Not, walk, nobody walk. believes. Oh yeah, nobody, I remember. Any of us that were there remember. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, we you would be walking around your Walkman all the time. I think I remember, and yeah. and. We were. I, I don't know if this was true or if this is what just sort of started getting made up because of your big jump from, I guess, the five to the one. But you know what we all believed was you were practicing, recording yourself, and then listening back and fixing 
everything that you felt was not right. Is that true? No. Do you remember that? That's not true. Uh, no, I, was, I definitely recorded myself, uh, you know, sometimes and, and, you know, and listened to it. But I, the way that I would, you know, clear that up um, is, you know, the way that I was, what I was doing with the, with the you know, the, the Walkman um, is I was internalizing, I was internalizing songs and melody and rhythm. Um, and, uh, and So you're listening like, to like, What's that? You were listening to tunes. Is that what you're doing? Uh, or you're listening? Yourself I was I, playing. What I what I really did. Have you seen my the rhythm training stuff on my music masterclass? I have not. Okay, so that's the that's that's what I was doing. Um, that, what it what it is really is. I mean, and I would be listening. I would be listening to music while I while I was doing that. Um, because I needed. So you're practicing part. Was it kind of partials? It's kind of like Ed's partials. Is that sort of no, what, I, what it is? No, not really. I, I mean, it was it was it was more advanced than Ed's partials because it was it was it was more like progressive rhythm stuff. It was like so. For example, like with the sextuplet stuff that 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 um that we're just talking about. That, yeah. That's really cool. But the hard thing, the really hard thing about that is to be able to hear rhythm that quickly. Right. And, and so that's what I was practicing is to be able to hear rhythm fast. And, um, and so like me doing it with, um, with headphones was just, that was just the way that I kind of went about it. But, um, but I would basically be singing and tapping things along to, you know, to records and to music that I was hearing. And I was doing like a combination of that and then just listening to music and journalizing the music that I would hear. So like my, what I realized is that, you know, being a good drummer is actually like 80% about not playing the drums. Um, uh-huh. It's about understanding the music that you're playing or that you want to play. Yeah. And so that, I think that's, that's when I kind of really started getting into that, you know, um, that's what I was doing. Does that make sense? It'll Absolutely. Make sense. Yeah. Those those videos too. Yeah, yeah, I completely understand. Now, back then there was very little technology, so you were using kind of the most advanced technology there was, which was a Walkman. Yeah, you were listening. You're listening tunes now. So as you're listening to a melody. Are you? Are, were you starting to to try to figure out how to put four notes between uh, uh like two notes in a melody, or now I want to try to figure out how to put five notes between that those two notes in the melody? I mean, were you? Were you starting to experiment with with advanced subdivisions then? Um, a, a little bit, but it wasn't really. I wouldn't say that it wasn't really that advanced. Um, it was more. It was really more dealing with like, especially at that time, it was just dealing with sixteenth notes and triplets and grouping them. So, so for example, like when I say that there's a beat and then there is a cycle of seventeen, right? Like that doesn't really mean anything. Um, to me, I mean, what means something to me is the way it sounds and then how fast I can internalize the way it sounds. But there still has to yeah. be a shortcut of how you're thinking about it to be able to memorize uh-huh. the cell, you know? Because if you right. to memorize that whole four-bar phrase, it's a lot to memorize. It's kind of like saying, okay, I want you to memorize 10 people's phone numbers. Go. You know what I mean? Like, you can do it, but you need shortcuts. You need to have shortcuts in order to do that. You need to think in shortcuts. Right. So, so the rhythm training stuff is a way that I can think in shortcuts to be able to internalize information, and in this case, musical information. Um, right. And that and let me learn songs really quickly. In some cases, learning songs while I'm playing them the first time. Uh, sure. Which is obviously, like, a really good skill to have, you know? But it's not yep. uh, something that you know, that I was just, you know, like born with or able to do or talented 
it was something that I was actually able to learn how to do. Right. And that, that, so like that, that 17 thing, it, it's, it's kind of like being able to see a pattern in that. It's, um, and that what I'm describing to you, the pattern is, is the way that I'm thinking about it is that it's, um, it's three, it's basically a three and two on the snare and they're mo- and it moves backwards by each triplet um so in other words i'm playing three second triplets on the snare yep. and then i'm playing two third triplets that's what i mean third triplet backwards. right and that's then you move and then you're playing three first triplets so it's moving backwards which is three first triplets right which is moving back one again see yeah, and then your then your two middles. Second triplets, which is also moving back one. So the pattern is right. always moving back. But yep. then yep. It turns itself around in the last bar, and uh, you know what I mean. So it's like if I would have kept going for eight bars or sixteen bars, it would have kept following that pattern. But it doesn't really do it more than two times. Yeah, yeah. So you just cool. ended the cycle with a little turnaround. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, Gell did. I didn't. I didn't write that. That was that was him. That was him. But that's just the way that I don't. Not even sure if honestly, if that's the way that he thought about it or not. But that's the way that I thought about it. That's how I could internalize what he, what he, you know, what he wrote. And so that, that right. led me to be able to to take that part of it and be like, okay, you know, I can do that. Uh, what else can we do with this? You know, um, what else can we do with this group? Um, right. Yeah. So anyway, that that. You know the, the the whole thing with the Walkman and the yeah I mean it wasn't really what you what you're saying it was more really just internalizing music and rhythm and um and uh, vocabulary you know is really what I was doing. So I mean, you just it, it's like the light bulb turned on with you you went into you went into like a very serious study mode at that point I think right it seems I, like I, I what I what I really was able to do is I did it when I was I, I was able to, to to practice essentially off the drums. Right. And sure. so I could so it's like and I mean, you know, I mean I was pretty serious obviously anyway, we all were, you know. Uh, what I was able to do is I was able to, to practice when I was walking from class to class or or going to bed at night or you know what I mean? Like sure. anything yeah. I was doing I was, you know, that I didn't have to focus on. I was, I was able to really turn that into, you know, to, to, you know, ways that I could practice, which was super helpful. Of that, course, that, absolutely. And management, you know, you're managing your time. And in fucking college, it's like, that's the biggest, you know, most important thing that you can learn how to do. Right, totally. I mean, I went through a period probably 10 years ago where I started, pro, you know, using Ableton and programming different groupings, more like polymeters groupings of sevens with fives with threes and and i you know with with a program like ableton you're able to stretch those out so you can get the entire cycle and some of these cycles would be you know over 200 beats long depending on what the cycle is and i would program that stretch it out for the entire length and then loop it so it became like an hour long i turned into an audio and put it on my ipod at the time and and literally walk around for hours just listening to what three, five, and seven sound like at the same time together for the entire oh, duration yeah. of cycle, which is right, right, right. two hundred and ten yeah, yeah, bars. That's 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 basically yeah, that's basically the same thing. Um, yeah, I mean it's the the mental practice, the understanding of the the relationship of of how time functions with other segments of time. Yeah, but it's one yeah. thing to intellectualize and internal. It's another thing to physically get it out on the instrument, which is that's a that's a whole other other beast, especially at the level that you've 
managed to to make it happen. Do you think that, I mean, the only other person that I knew that was able to kind of think in that way in that in those days was Rich Matchlock. Mm. Remember Rich? Oh, no, very well. Yeah. Yeah, because, because he studied with Pete Magadini, and he was... Yeah. He was completely into it, and then the one record that we had that allowed us to to, to really hear it at a high level was Standard Time Volume One. Oh, in those yeah. days, that was the that was the only record that did that. You talking about Winton, the Winton record, which is Live at Blues Alley, which which yeah. which the yeah did that for sure. And so did that was that was obviously on your radar and. Because that's kind of what you're doing, I, I think, a lot of. I mean, right? I mean, you're yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Especially yeah, the Live at Blues Alley. Basically, Live at Blues Alley was standard time. You know, the, the songs from that record, but they played live. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you you go to New York and you find the dudes that get it right. I mean, that first kind of that, yeah. That I, that that, that, that's yeah. That's pretty much yeah. I mean, I found Jean Michel and Francois pretty fast. Um, yeah. And John Pilk, he was really hearing, you know, things in a very similar way. Um, because if the, if, because I mean, you can't play, you can't do that unless everyone in the band completely understands what it is that has happened. Right. And so to find I mean, those yeah. players, that's true. Yeah. Is is right because I mean, if you're playing, if you're putting five over four, someone that doesn't understand that is going to think you're just rushing. Oh yeah. And they might speed up and turn that into their new four, and then it's a mess. I mean, almost playing it is almost secondary in a way. It's like being able to hear it first, and then sure, if you find people that that are that hear that and play it, and you hear them playing it, then they need you because you're the one that is going to hear what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Right, so you found each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You found each other, and you, and you changed the way that so many people think about music. I mean, that that group was such an inspiration to to drummers everywhere huh. because it was it, it was totally next level stuff because it was organic. Uh, and the thing that was interesting about it is because everyone could do it, it really had this. It, it, it was almost like it took took things to that next level from from what Winton was even doing. So that's great. I mean, it's amazing that that, that happened. And then, I, so here's what I would like to, to ask you, and this is a little bit more of a, a deep question. I mean, obviously, when when we're practicing super complex rhythmic structure and coordination patterns and, uh, you know, obviously in the spirit of making good music, but it requires kind of a... a Zen mind. I mean, you really have to have the patience and the focus and kind of the the discipline and the passion to overcome these challenges that aren't natural physically. I would not think. I would not say that metric modulation is a natural physical occurrence. I think mm-hmm. it's something that has to be learned for sure. So, is, do you feel like? I mean, are you are you connected to any sort of kind of deeper meditative kind of level of thing that has been inspired through rhythmic study? Is that something that you think about or ponder or? Um, well, not really. Um, yeah. I, I I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean it's all pretty connected. I would say to you know. The music itself. It's so the, it, it does. It does. So it's always you're you're always coming from the angle of of the music, the 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 possible structure of the melody, and and what can be done. Not from a contrived standpoint, but what can be done expressively with time in relation to what's happening with the music. Like kind of yeah. a fair assessment. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, yeah, I would I would say that. And that was it was yeah, I mean I can always relate it to you know, to music that I'm hearing or to you know, or even music that I'm playing or whatever and but yeah, uh, that's that's I would say so. Do you do you feel like um this is gonna sound a little bit trite in the second in a, but I'll but I'll kind of deepen it up in a second. Um the concept of being in the zone. So when you're playing at a level where everyone is, is engaged in, in, in moving the time around, is it something that you're having to engage thought with, or is it? are you in the zone? Are you able to intuit these modulations in a musical, organic way, or does it still kind of you still have to go, you have to think about it. I, I will take that as two as two questions. I mean, you know, being in the zone for me just means just there's a certain degree of concentration. Um, so, you know, like I almost picture myself if I'm playing with a band, that it, it seems like there's, you know, I picture myself like under a, you know, like one of those parachutes that you, that you go under as a kid and like people are shaking it out and, you know, like shaking it uh, so it's above you. But the point is that you're you're under this parachute, and the only thing that really exists in your world is like what's under the parachute at that given time. So, right. kind of you're, you're blocking pretty much every everything else out in the world, which is part of that type of focus uh, for me. Yeah. So, so then, and then the other thing that you're talking about is, you know, it's it's to, to me. What, what can you say actually? What you have the way that you said it again? Um, the the idea of of having to be in 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 a thinking position or are you driven more on an emotional level even though there's a complexity to the to what you're doing are you so adept at right. the, the, so the, the coordination the way, requirements that you're able to, yeah 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 i got you right so like um i mean the the thing that i was able to do was internalize uh, like vocabulary mel- melodic ideas that were not necessarily like much more advanced than the stuff that Everybody was, you know, already playing, but there were things that were different than the things that everybody was playing. Um, so, but my point is that, you know, I didn't really have to think intellectually about things that I was hearing or playing. Um, I could hear them like melody, like the same way that, you know, that somebody would hear a, a melody that they heard a hundred times or, you know, a thousand times. Um, and the way, the way that I did that is I had to teach myself to hear things that I that I hadn't heard, I hadn't heard people play before. And the way that uh-huh. I did it is through displacement. Um, is, is actually kind of displacing everything in a, in a, you know, in a, in a totally like, uh, you know, essentially just, it's just, just displacing everything in a compulsive, you know, in a compulsive way. So anytime that I would learn something or I'd learn how to play something new, uh, or hear something new, I would displace it always. Um, displace and, it. Just metronomically, like just move it over by the same subdivision. So you mean? Yeah. Moving it down to the middle of the triplet. Yeah. Yeah. It could be that I'm moving it over by, uh, you know, by a sixteenth note or by a triplet, or you know, or even better, you know, uh, displace it in all kinds of different ways. But of course, you got to do one at a time. Can't do them all right away at the same time. So, so what that what that did for me though was it made it so that I could. You know, I could play a melodic idea and then I could develop it and really take my time developing it because I would 
still be able to hear multiple ideas, you know, kind of coming from the same place, if that makes sense, through through displacing these things. So being compulsive about, you know, about displacement really did kind of turn me on to uh, a different way of hearing, you know, the language of, of, you know, the vocabulary that I was trying to that I was trying to hear. Right. And and again, that wasn't, you know, those weren't really things that, you know, that I would, I was not like I got, I go, went to hear, you know, Keith Carlock and I heard him play something and I'm like, okay, I'm, I got to learn how to play that. It was, I mean, right. even though, you know, I wouldn't understand, I mean, there probably, very likely I wouldn't even understand what I would heard from him playing. But, um, but I guess my point is that, you know, when you learn from somebody playing something, it's, it's a very different type of, you know, process. But if you can learn from not, from hearing, but you learn from actually teaching yourself to hear things that you're essentially intellectualizing and not, not, you know, and not hearing in a natural way, but learning to hear in a natural way. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, that you, I, I, I think that that, you know, that gives you a pretty good um, kind of basis to, you know, to start playing things that you, that, you know, haven't been played before. Uh, or right, and it's in a... In a and clearly, you're you're not going to be a regurgitation of anything else. You're going to be much closer right. to the purity of your own creativity because you're making it up as you go. You're teaching yourself. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's great, man. Well, dude, you have done you have taken it to a level, and I know you travel all over the world, so you're you're being heard and and inspiring players all over the world. Who do do you have a an Ari Honig army of drummers who are just like there every time you're you're in town and trying to play like you and trying to get that happening and do you have that conversation with them? I mean right right now let me before you answer that question, right now you have developed such a wide vocabulary that anyone that would want to emulate what you're doing would have to kind of go down their own rabbit hole because there's so there's such a depth and complexity to the abilities, right? I, Does that I, make sense? I, the best, best thing I can say is that, you know, I have students, I, I teach, I do teach often, uh, um, and, and one of the things I teach, especially to the, you know, the, you know, the really advanced students is, uh, is how to, you know, how to become your own player, how to, how to, how to develop things that are your own creative ideas, um, and not mine or not anybody else. Uh, right. Which is, which actually, for a teacher, it makes it a lot more fun for me um, rather than just teaching my own shit to them, you know, uh, which would right. be a little uh, Which And it's not that I don't do that if they ask, but, I, I mean, it's, it's more that I, you know, I want them to, to develop things uh, of, of their own. And it's actually not not that hard, um, and it's not that hard to teach, but it, it, it for some for some students, even some really good players, um, it, it doesn't come naturally to not learn in a way that's not listening to somebody and copying what they're doing. Um, and for other people, it, it comes very naturally, you know, just to kind of sit in, in, in uh, uh, you know, coming up with combinations of things and, you know. Um, so so anyway, I mean, you know, I think that, you know, sure, I, I guess some people are, um, yeah, there's, you know, I, I, I can see that, you know, I've influenced some people in certain ways and, and you know, I, that I'm, I feel very fortunate to, you know, to to be able to do that to people just like, you know, my heroes have, you know, done to me and, and you know, I've learned so much, you know, from, from watching, you know, a, a handful of guys, you know, people that you know, you know, especially in that, that day that we were, we were all in school. Um, and, uh, you know, it's 
not just going to see somebody once and just being like, oh, that's cool. You know, they have they can play really fast, but there's there's a lot of depth to it, and and it takes a lot of like. Uh, you know, not just seeing them once, but many, many times, and not just seeing them once play one set of songs and then once day playing another set of songs. But it's like for me, it was it was the repetition of of watching and listening, you know, to this, and essentially the same thing or at least the same player over and over again. Yeah. You know, play the play the same the same music in a lot of times, and that that's kind of what you know one thing that was super valuable for me. Right. So now uh, you're you're on the road. What do you are you practicing? Are you are you? I mean, obviously we're all always you know getting time into practice. But um, are you are there things that you're working on to advance your concept or playing or it's, it's your nice coordination? Practice. I am actually at, at you know this is this this semester I've I've started to practice. Uh, again, kind of more than I have in the last maybe decade. Um, I, I mean, I would say the last decade that has been a super minimal amount of practicing for me. But uh, and one of the things is due to um, is due to like an injury that I had with sciatica, which kind of took me out out of that for a while. Um, but but I have uh, started again actually uh, practicing a lot, and uh, and I do it on the road. I mean, I you know I, I can get down with a pad, but it's not really that's not really like the main thing um, that I'm that I've been doing. It's it's uh, it's more kind of the way that I was describing it to you, just in, you know trying to internalize certain things. Also, it's like learning learning music, learning new people, you know people's music that I'm playing with. Obviously, you yeah. know, it takes up a part of of practicing too. But uh-huh. uh, but I still you know, really do practice in a very similar way from the rhythm training, the whole rhythm training approach. Uh, and I, I, and it's, it, it is really endless, you know, like, um, that, that way of learning. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I do use that. Cool. Uh, rhythm training, it's a method and, and it's on my music masterclass. Cool. There are three parts to it. Um, and there are actually four cause there's a odd, there's one on odd times too. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Awesome, man. I think that that was a, a lot of great information. I think that I can really get some good stuff out of this for everybody. Um, I'll mention your your website, your Instagram page, your Facebook page. Sure. Uh, yeah. I think that's that's probably a good good start for everybody that doesn't know who you are, but um, I'm sure they already do. Well, I mean, you know, you all, definitely the yeah yeah. I'm, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm you know they can find me hopefully. Hopefully, I'll be back to Chicago at some point. I get. The last time I was there, I got the worst review of my life. <laughs> really? You, you would that, would you? What was that? Oh, it was in the Chicago Tribune, um, and uh, and this the writer really singled me out, like, um, and he just absolutely hated it. Uh, I was playing with oh. Kenny Warren, but he hated me specifically. He didn't hate like everything. <laughs> oh God! Like, yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, hopefully yeah. that won't keep you from coming back. Well, I, I mean, there... I, I don't. Who knows? I mean, I don't. I hopefully not. I, 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 I yeah. thought in general people really liked the show. Actually, well, I would imagine so. Anyone that knows what's up. <laughs> Do you have any plans to come back? Are you anything on the? I don't the right now. No, yeah. no plans at the moment, actually. Well, you don't want to come here, but between now and March anyway. So yeah, because it's about to get hardcore around here. Weather-wise, yeah, I know. But, yeah. Well, cool, man. I really appreciate you taking your time. It was great to great to catch up and and talk a little bit. So yeah, um, Rich. 
Sure, man. Thanks for thinking of me and, uh, you know, um, happy to help. If you have any other questions, you know, don't hesitate to, to hit me up, okay? Cool, man. I'm sure we'll be in touch. Sounds good. All right. Take care, Ari. All right, buddy. See you, Reggie. Cool, man. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. There you have it. An in-depth conversation with Ari Honig. It was a lot of fun to take a look at that transcription and discover the 17-beat-long phrase within it. Very cool. And I loved hearing the concepts of practice and the approach to being really connected to the music, um, as well as the technical aspects of developing the technique to be able to play metric modulations and complex polymetric and polyrhythmic patterns. If you'd like to know more about Ari you can find him at his website, arihonig.com. That's A-R-I-H-O-E-N-I-G.com. He's at instagram.com slash arihonig. And his Facebook musician page is facebook.com forward slash drums. All right, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that conversation with Ari. He is a very insightful dude. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and you'll be kept up to date on when the next one comes out. And if you really enjoyed it, I would love for you to give a rating. And if you have something cool to say, a a review is also welcome at all times. Uh, A little business to attend to real quick before we close out. I want to remind everybody that my book, The Primary Series, is available for pre-sale until midnight on November 11th. You can get 20% off the book plus a $10 uh, credit at the Rich Ditzel Music store, which is basically good for a, a, an entire lesson pack. So uh, make sure you go over to richditzelmusic.com and check out the Primary Series book. It covers the 3-4 and 5-4 polymetric relationships in depth. I highly recommend it if you are into that kind of thing. All right, take care. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Drum Mantra Podcast. Your time and attention is much appreciated. I would love it if you went to the iTunes store and left a rating. And please share this with anybody that you think would like to go deeper with their practice. Take care.